Hello, hello, love, and welcome back to the Living Wild podcast. I'm your host, Lo, and I'm so excited to be back here with you today. So there's a lot of shifting happening. There's a lot of shifting. There's a lot of changing. There's a lot. Um, there's just a lot going on. And, you know, in the past when I would be going through seasons like this, I would really, really like I, I would, I would do what my manifestor human design type calls me to do. And I would inform, uh, like blatantly and explicitly inform. And I just don't feel like fucking doing it this time. This time feels different. This time feels like I'm just fucking diving in head first. And, you know, I'm going to show up in this new space in this new capacity. And whoever is meant to come with me is going to fucking come with me. And that's that, like, I, I I'm, I'm not interested in, you know, exchanging the pleasantries or anything like that. Like it just is what it is. And, you know, if you follow me on social media, then you may have noticed it. If you do follow me on social media and you haven't noticed it, then just fucking forget what I'm saying right now. <laughs> and let's just fucking roll with it. Um, Because like I said, I don't feel like laying out all of the, I just don't feel like diving into, I know this is hella vague book y'all. I know. Um, But I just don't feel like getting into all of the nuanced explanation of what's going on in my personal life. Um. Instead, I want to just dive in head first. So welcome back. Uh, podcast has a new name. It's called Living Wild now. <laughs> I just prefer that over wild the podcast. So there you go. Uh, that's why the name changed. And, um, you know, today I want to talk to you about stepping into your power, really stepping into your path um, of alignment, of purpose, of what the fuck you're actually supposed to do in this lifetime. Um, and I also want to talk to you about the summer solstice, which when you listen to this, the, 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 excuse me, the day that this is dropping is the actual day of the summer solstice here in the Northern hemisphere. Um, so we're going to talk about that and, um, you know, ways that you can celebrate and acknowledge that in your own life. Um, so let's just freaking dive in <laughs> again. Like I said, welcome back. I am currently in the throes of stepping fully into my path and into my power. Um, you know, and I'm someone who really needs to be witnessed in my processing as I believe that we all are. I believe that we all do. Um, but, you know, it, culture just kind of shames us into not, you know, sharing the the messy parts of our of our own journey, of our own lived experience. And, you know, when we shy away from sharing those messy parts, uh, that's when we give this, um, you know, misconception that everything is all rainbows, butterflies and unicorns. And it's just fucking not, you know, so. Uh, there's power in witnessing other people in their processing and also in allowing ourselves to be witnessed in our process. So I'm going to share parts of this with you. And honestly, I invite you into my DMs. Feel free to share your own journey or where you are right now and to be witnessed in your own processing if that feels like something you need. And also if you don't feel like that's something that you currently have in your own lived experience, right? I personally believe that this is truly how we heal into wholeness. There is a reason why in ancient cultures and ancient times, rituals were presided over by elders and other people. Yes, for guidance, but also for the sheer power of being witnessed in the expansion, witnessed in the growth, witnessed in the stepping into this new season stage of life, right? There is power in being witnessed and also in allowing ourselves to be witnessed, right? Or excuse me, there's power in witnessing and allowing ourselves to be witnessed. So- that's what I want to share with you. Uh, so again, I'm not getting into all of the nitty gritty details. I'm just going to give like an overarching explanation of what's going on. Uh, if you followed me on social media for any length of time, then you know, like you've seen my journey, right? And uh, if you scroll back on my Instagram feed right now, uh, the Wild Well Woman, you can see, you can see the evolution of 
yes, a business, but more than that, you can see the evolution of me. And also you can see, uh, you know, kind of this back and forth. Uh, and I, I, I have this time hop app. I don't know if you guys have this app or not, but it's so interesting. I, especially now that I'm aware of the pattern that I've been in for the last 10 years and maybe even before that. Um, but now that I'm aware of this pattern that I've been in, I see it showing up in my time hop. Like three years ago, I was doing this. And then two years ago, I was doing this. And then one year ago, I was back to doing what I was doing three years ago. So it's been this like flip-flop back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And the largest, like the 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 pattern has really been going from very strategic, practical, masculine embodiment into very feeling, very emotional, very intuitive, feminine embodiment, like back and forth, back and forth, flip-flop, flip-flop. So much so that I've given myself whiplash. Like I can look back in all of this. And now again, I have the awareness. I can see the pattern for what it is, right? And so I've been back and forth, back and forth, back and forth because my calling never felt safe. Like my true calling, which is when I would tiptoe into this feminine realm, right? I would tiptoe into the intuitiveness. I would tiptoe into the polarity dynamics. I would tiptoe into the discussion of feminine consciousness and womb work. And you know, that I would, I would kind of dip my toes in and I wouldn't have like immediate success or like, I, I wouldn't receive the immediate feedback that I, I, I needed in order for it to feel legitimate. Right. And by immediate feedback, that means like people weren't buying my shit, which is how I would classify, quote unquote, success in the past. Right. I I would launch something that was the embodiment of where I truly felt called. I would hear crickets and then I would I would automatically assume, okay, that's not what I'm supposed to do. And then I would flip back to this more magic, excuse me, this more masculine, more logical, more practical um business oriented space. Right. And then I would sell, like I would sell shit there and it was easier. And so like I was in the throes of this pattern and I was receiving this feedback that, okay, nobody gives a shit about the feminine embodiment stuff. Nobody gives a shit about the polarity dynamics. Nobody gives a shit about the womb work. Like I would get a shit ton of likes and comments on content that I was sharing that fell within those themes and those topics, but then the offerings wouldn't sell. And then when I would kind of shift and pivot back into the more masculine topics, uh, I would get a lot of engagement and I would also get a lot of sales. So the feedback that I was receiving and the way I was processing it was that the feminine stuff, the things that I'm really and truly interested in, the things that I'm really and truly called to, nobody gives a shit about them. They're not valid. They're not legitimate. That It's no way that I can, like, it's cool to be interested in those things, but I can't provide for my family. Uh, and And thereby communicating to myself subconsciously that, you know, my interests, my passions, my desires aren't worthy uh, because, you know, the rest of the world doesn't deem them as worthy. The rest of the world isn't willing to pay me for these things. So I'm like communicating all of these things to myself subconsciously. And then simultaneously, I'm running back to what I've now coined as like this wounded lover, right? I would run back to this very practical, logical, masculine orientation and kind of comport myself in that way, right? And that's how I would present myself. And then I was received. Then I was loved. Then people were buying my shit. Then people were taking me seriously and I was legitimate. So, (laughs) but in that comportment, I was also not doing what I felt divinely called to and so deeply passionate about. Um, I was just doing what I was innately good at. And there's a, a big difference between being just naturally good at something, gifted in something, talented in something, and being truly passionate. And 
at the time, I thought that I had to choose one or the other, the thing that I was gifted at and talented at that made me money or the thing that I was truly passionate about that might not necessarily make me money up front. Uh, but it brings me so much soul fulfillment that it doesn't even fucking matter. I can trust the process. I can attune to where I'm being called and I can trust that I'll be provided for along the way. Right. So in this season of the back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, it was this constant flip flopping, right. And the warring parts within me were constantly at battle, the healer and the academic, the masculine and the feminine. And I always came back to the academic, almost, like I said, like this wounded lover, and even though it created so much drama and trauma within me and my lived experience and my body, at least I knew what to expect, right? And at least I knew people were going to understand me. People were going to receive me. It was going to be fine. So I would constantly dip my toes into this soul work, not receive the quote unquote validation that I thought I needed. And so I would pivot right back to this wounded lover over and over and over and over and over again. And guys, you can literally, if you don't believe me, scroll back in my feed on Instagram and you will see it. You will see it. And I truly believe that we all do this, you know, and maybe we're not all doing it as publicly as I have. My journey in entrepreneurship has 100%. And I've said this over and over and over again. It has been a journey of self-actualization of uh, just a journey of self, of unpacking who I thought I had to be in order to be successful so I could truly get to the heart of who I am. And where I am today is in this space. Again, this is me uh, allowing myself to be a witness, asking you to, to witness me in this, um, just truly in this space of saying, no, I'm not fucking going back to the wounded lover. I'm not fucking going back to this toxic relationship that I've been in literally for a decade or more. I'm not going back to that. I'm choosing me. I'm choosing my path. I'm choosing what feels true to me. I'm choosing. And I, I shared this in my Instagram story several days ago, maybe a week ago now. I actually had a self-commitment ceremony with myself, you know, like we, uh, I have a good friend. Her name is Shalico, And she shared um, a little over a year ago now that she actually married herself and she had this you know, commitment ceremony. She bought herself a ring and she had vows and all that. And that really inspired me. And, you know, once I had this awakening to the pattern that I had been just stuck in for years and years and years, once I could, once I woke up to it and I could actually see it, then I had the agency to choose to exit the pattern, right? Like that's, I, th I think it's really easy to say, oh, well just, you, you know, just, just stop doing the, the toxic thing, stop doing the damaging behavior. Well, we can't actually stop the doing until we witness the doing, right? Until we can truly see what's going on until we can truly witness for ourselves, how it's impacting our lived experience until we have that moment, we do not have the agency to choose differently, right? So up until this point, I didn't have the agency to choose differently. So I just stayed in the pattern. Right. So I stepped into this space, this greater sense of awareness, and I could see the fucking pattern. I could see like, holy shit. And, you know, as I started talking to friends and people who've been following me for, for a while, they were like, yeah, girl, I've, I've seen this. Like I've been seeing you in this pattern, but it wasn't their job to awaken me to the pattern. And even if they had tried to in the moment, I would have denied it just like a woman or a man or Anyone who's in a toxic relationship, they often deny the toxicity of it, or maybe they're aware of the toxicity, but they're not aware of their, you know, ability to 
exit the situation. So even if someone had brought this, the existence of this pattern to my attention before now, I wouldn't have had the ability to see it, much less actually take action on my awareness of it. So now that I see the pattern, I have the agency, right? So I took a page from my girl Shalico's book and I held myself a little ceremony and I wrote myself some vows and I didn't buy myself a ring, but I had this kit that I had received in a goddess provisions box months ago, months, months, months ago. I think I actually got it in January or February. And it was a kit to create a self-love potion jar. And it had some herbs and some grapeseed oil and a couple of crystals in it. And so I, I hadn't used it yet. I didn't know what I was ever going to use it for. And I, it was just sitting on my altar. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is why. This is why I haven't felt the call to use it because I was supposed to use it for this particular instance in my life. So I took the whole kit out and I made the self-love potion jar for myself. And I wrote myself some vows and I read them to myself. And then I've, they're both sitting on my altar now. And I read over my vows to myself every morning, but I just had this, it was just this instance of, you know, committing to myself and committing to never going back to this toxic relationship, to this wounded lover, committing to ending the pattern the flip-flop, the back and forth that's literally created whiplash in me and my lived experience, but I couldn't see it. I didn't have the ability to see it at the time, right? So I'm in the season of stepping into where I truly feel called, which is embodiment work, which is seeding feminine consciousness throughout the collective, which is energy work, speaking about polarity dynamics and the true dynamic between masculine and feminine energies and how that impacts male and female relating and how that impacts our collective experience as humanity and uh, womb work, shadow work, all of these things, you know, this is where I feel called. And it's this work that hasn't felt safe up until this point because of, you know, the, the feedback that I'd been receiving. But one of the biggest takeaways from this entire experience has been that we cannot allow the way we show up into the world be dictated by the way the world receives us, right? Just because the people who are currently in my circle aren't ready to receive what I'm ready to speak about doesn't mean that I can't speak about it. Because the more I speak about it, the more I will attract those people who are ready to receive it, right? And so by waiting on the people who are currently in my circle to be ready to receive, by waiting to share, and by making my uh, showing up in my fullness and in my power completely dependent on their ability to receive me, I have held myself back tremendously. I have created so much turmoil within my my body, within my lived experience, so much resentment, so much fear, so much, just, just so much of what I do not desire to experience. So in this little ceremony that I held for myself, I made a commitment that me showing up in my fullness is not dependent on anything outside of myself anymore. And the more I show up in my fullness, the more I will be supported, the more I will be drawn to the people who need this, this medicine right? There is a reason why whatever is desiring to pour forth from you, there is a reason why that is there. And you cannot wait for the world to be ready to receive it, to share it, right? Because the more you share, the more you will see there are people who are so deeply ready to receive it. They're there, but they won't know that you're here and that you're here to guide them and teach them and lead them until you begin, right? There's this fear of starting for me for a long time, especially when, you know, nobody would join anything that I would share or, or promote about this thing. 
there was a fear of, you know, being seen in that, having people see me as a quote unquote failure, having people see no one join, having people see one or two people join, you know, being witness in, in these early stages of the development of, you know, my own commitment to my path and to my power, there, there's this fear in that, right? Uh, there's this fear that people are going to judge, that people are going to poke fun, that people are going to criticize. And, you know, again, it's all making my ability to show up in my power and in devotion to my path uh, dependent and conditional on whether or not people are ready to receive it, on how people perceive it, right? And it, it's just, it comes down to this full and complete devotion to the path that you've been called to walk in your lifetime. And that's where I feel myself being right now. Just, it doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't fucking matter if, you know, a post gets a hundred likes or no likes. It doesn't fucking matter if I launch something and a million, a million, that's a lot. Uh, but, you know, I launch something and 30 people join or no one joins. It doesn't fucking matter. What matters is the commitment to the path. And as long as we consistently show up in commitment and in devotion to the path, the people will come. The abundance in all of its forms will come. We just have to follow the call. We have to trust the process. We have to align ourselves to that which is lighting us up. And that's where I am today. Right? And what has led me here, what allowed me to finally witness the pattern, what allowed me to finally have the agency to break the pattern, what is giving me the courage to show up in this new space every single day now without evidence that it will work is my shadow. I found shadow work. Now I had done shadow work in the past, but nothing to the extent of what I've been doing over the last several weeks. Um, I'll be doing a full episode, maybe even a series. Uh, I, I haven't quite, uh, figured out how this is going to play out. Um, I'm in the process of conceptualizing something that I can share with you more um, concretely. Uh, and that'll be coming in the future. But for now, just know that facing my shadow and all of the parts of myself was the catalyst for where I'm sitting right now. Being able to witness all, and uh, you can you can kind of begin your own preliminary work on this. Um, Mine, I had been familiar with shadow work in the past. I'd done a little bit of it in the past, nothing too extreme. Um, but what really was the catalyst for me was uh, Dr. Kelly Brogan. You can find her on Instagram. Um, I started listening to her, consuming her work. Uh, and then she referenced the book Existential Kink by Caroline Elliott or Carolyn Elliott, excuse me. Um, and that just opened the floodgates. So Existential Kink was the gateway for me. And um, incorporating that as well as the work of Byron Katie. Uh, I also do womb work. I've, I've been doing womb work for years and years and years, which womb work is shadow work uh, for a multitude of different reasons. But um, if you're looking looking for something a little more academic, like your mindset is still oriented towards the academic and uh, the intellectual aspect, then look up parts work in um, psychology. It's essentially this concept that there are all of these different fragmented parts within ourselves, right? And the fragments are a product of uh, conditioning, cultural conditioning, lived conditioning, our lived experience, trauma, uh, different things like that. They call, they, and essentially our lived experience and the traumas that we experience and, and all of that 
causes our psyche to fragment off into all of these different parts. And so all of these different parts are warring inside of us, right? And the two most uh, powerful parts within me that show up the most um, and that I've done the most shadow work on are the silly little girl. So this little girl, uh, honestly, kind of like a wounded maiden energy, but it's this youthful part of me who was never validated, who was never seen, who was never taken seriously. And because of that, she's this wounded little girl inside of me who deeply desires to be validated. But in the lack of validation, she also gains so much from being the silly little girl, right? So when my silly little girl shows up, I know that I'm resistant to taking responsibility. I know I'm resistant to showing up powerfully. I know I'm resistant to um, really taking full ownership of who I am in the space that I occupy in this world. Because if I'm a silly little girl, I don't have to do any of those things, right? The rest of the world doesn't take me seriously. I, you know, so this is the benefit that embodying my silly little girl affords me, right? That's the the pleasure that I receive from this fragmented part of myself is I don't have to take responsibility for anything because I'm just a silly little girl. So there's that part of me. And then there is the martyred mother, which is the wounded embodiment of the mother archetype. And this is the, oh, woe is me. The world is out to get me. I have to sacrifice myself for everyone else and blah, 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 blah. Right. We see this. This is like literally a stereotypical uh, embodiment of motherhood in mainstream society, right? The expectation that women give and give and give and give and give in ourselves of our, of ourselves uh, to the point of burnout, which ultimately results in resentment, frustration, and, you know, the breakdown of marriages and and so much more, right? It's just a catalyst for a complete shit show uh, in our personal life. And um, but on the flip side of that, when I'm embodying my martyred mother, uh, because the thing with existential kink and shadow work is that having is evidence of wanting. So all of the shitty circumstances in your life, anywhere for me personally, where my uh, silly little girl is showing up and creating something in my lived experience and anywhere where my martyred mother is showing up and creating part of my lived experience, there is a subconscious part of me that wants that experience. Right. And, uh, so I'm benefiting from it subconsciously. So the benefit, the pleasure that I receive from embodying my martyred mother is that I get to wallow in my self pity, right? Oh, woe is me. The world is out to get me. And not only that, but then I get to hang that over the head of anyone ultimately who is victimizing me, right? Whether that be my children or a client or my husband or a family member or a friend, I am forever the victim. I am forever the martyr. They are the oppressor. And therefore, you know, I, oh, woe is me, oh, pitiful me, right? And, and there's power to be gained from that or perception of power, right? So these are the two major parts of myself that I often see warring, right? And these parts of ourselves will war to see which one gets to manifest outwardly, right? So doing all of this shadow work has given me the freedom to be able to witness these parts of myself and to admit like, holy shit. Yeah. There's a silly little girl who lives inside of me and you know, she needs to be witnessed. And another part of shadow work is like not only witnessing these parts of ourselves, but allowing them to exist, allowing them to take up space, celebrating them, indulging in them. That way they stop running the show. They stop calling the shots right? Because we've shown the light on the shadowy parts. We've shown the light on the darkness. The, those parts of us don't have control anymore. We have made the unconscious conscious. And by doing so, we have taken that part of ourselves back, right? And we have taken back part of our personal power and our sovereignty. 
right? So I can witness all of these parts of myself. And this is just, it. it's just allowed me to stand fully in the truth of who I am. And I know I'm giving like, uh, this is all very surface level. Uh, this is all very general, very vague. And I feel like I'm also tossing a lot of information at you, but it, in this, in this particular episode, it's serving as context, right? So it's, it was through facing all of, you know, the fragmented parts of myself. There's still fragmented parts of myself that I'm, you know, finding every single day. Um, but it's in witnessing all of these parts of myself, uh, you know, owning them, accepting them, indulging them, allowing them to take up space that ultimately has brought me into this space where I can trust the path that has been laid out before me. I can be like, okay, I feel the silly little girl bubbling to the surface who doesn't think this is legitimate. I can feel the martyred mother who's bubbling to the surface, who thinks the world is out to get her. I can feel these parts of myself. I can witness these parts of myself. I can visit and sit with these parts of myself. And then I can choose to embody uh, what I call my higher self as uh, kind of like the boss bitch or the HBIC head bitch in charge, right? I can choose to let her run the show because I have the awareness of these other fragmented parts of myself. I can choose to indulge in them long enough to give them the attention that they need. And then I can step fully into this H, you know, HBIC head bitch in charge, higher self comportment, right? And lead myself from that space, right? So all of that to say, do your shadow work people. And if you don't know how to do shadow work, uh, you can Google it. You can look up books. You can buy existential kink, um, listen to anything from Kelly Brogan. Uh, and I'd also invite you to join me today. Uh, so today is actually the summer solstice. And while this might not feel like it makes sense, it, it actually makes perfect sense because today is a great day to do shadow work. If you don't know what the summer solstice is, uh, it also goes by Midsommar, Midsummer, or Letha depending on uh, the, the cultural tradition or the belief system that you're occupying. Um, but essentially, it is the longest day and the shortest night of the year. It is the beginning of the summer season in the Northern Hemisphere. And um, it's it's the time when the sun is at its brightest. He, the sun god, is at his brightest. He is at his strongest um, in terms of God and goddess, goddess worship. Um, it's believed that at this time, the goddess is pregnant. So... Uh, summertime is synonymous with a woman's ovulatory phase within her menstrual cycle. So ovulation is associated with fertility and not just fertility, but the peak of fertility, the peak of abundance, the peak of manifestation. So it is believed that during this time, the goddess is pregnant. And while pregnancy makes a woman indescribably powerful, it also makes us wildly vulnerable, right? Because I mean, we're in arguably one of our most vulnerable states during pregnancy as all of our resources are being uh, funneled into growing this tiny human, right? And that's where our energy needs to go is to taking care of this human as opposed to defending ourselves against, you know, unwanted uh, predators in our external environment. So uh, pregnancy doesn't necessarily make a woman weak, but it does make her more vulnerable just because of the nature of the season. So the goddess is pregnant during this time. And the God is at his height of being the protector, being the, the, um, you know, the, the, the protective lover, the stable lover, the stability. It is literally the ultimate embodiment of the masculine energy and the feminine energy happening here at the summer solstice, which is so beautiful to witness. 
Um, if you follow any kind of pagan or Wiccan tradition, this is also the time that the Holly and Oak Kings will go to war and battle one another. And it's believed that the Holly King will win at the summer solstice and usher in the darker half of the year. As once we hit the summer solstice, the days begin to get shorter and the nights begin to get longer, right? As we move closer and closer to Yule, which is this kind of the, the second side of this coin, the Holly and the Oak King also battle at Yule. And it's believed that the Oak King wins at Yule and ushers in the brighter half of the year, right? Uh, this is also a time to celebrate abundance, gratitude, right? Again, it's the peak of fertility, the peak of abundance, the peak of manifestation. It's a an incredible time to plant and sow seeds of intention and possibility for, you know, the second half of the year to come. And it's just this beautiful time to just sit with yourself and, you know, reflect on what you've experienced up to this point, right? And what you're calling in for the second half of the year. And I also believe that this is a beautiful opportunity for shadow work, right? What better time to witness our shadow than when the sun is at his brightest and at his most brilliant, right? Allow the the, the sun to, to literally shine a light on the shadowy parts of yourself, right? And again, it's when we witness these shadowy parts of ourselves, it's when we bring these shadowy parts out of the darkness and into the light that they stop having control over us, that they stop being what we manifest into our day-to-day -day life. And we then have full agency to choose. Okay. I see all of these parts of myself. I allow them all to exist. I stop making them mean anything good or anything bad. And, and I just choose to witness them all as parts of my lived experience as a human being. And now I'm going to choose how I want to show up and lead myself in my life. Right. So I'm going to invite you in. Uh, I have a summer or excuse me, a solstice sister circle happening this morning, 11 AM Eastern standard time. We're going to be meeting on zoom. We're going to do yoga, Reiki ritual, and some shadow work. Uh, if you're hearing this after the fact, then you can still get your hands on the replay. Uh, I'll drop the link to both the live event and then also to the replay once it's already happened uh, here in the show notes and you can access it there. Uh, and whether you join me in this circle or not, I encourage you to do your own shadow work. And to do that, I'm going to share with you a little uh, shadow work exercise here just to kind of get your gears turning. And uh, yeah, I'd love to hear your experience with this. So let's wrap up with an intro to shadow work. First of all, I have four, a series of four questions here for you. Okay. So where I want you to start is journal these things out. Number one, what area of your life do you currently experience the most discontent? This can be your business. This can be your marriage. This can be your body. This can be your finances. This can literally be anything. Where in your life are you currently experiencing the most discontent? Question two, can you acknowledge that there may be a part of you that really likes the circumstance? And this is going to challenge you. If you've never done any work like this before, then this is going to challenge you because it is so counterintuitive for us as humans to admit that we want the shitty situation, right? So for example, let's just take finances, for example, because that's, I think that's a really common one. So say you are currently in a financial situation where you have no savings, uh, or very little savings. Um, you're largely living paycheck to paycheck and 
You identify as someone who struggles financially. If as existential kink, the practice of existential kink, and the vast majority of psychological scholars uh, have asserted, if it's true that having is evidence of wanting, then that means there is some part of you, albeit subconscious or unconscious, that truly wants your current financial situation. If it didn't, then you wouldn't have it, right? So if evidence is, or excuse me, if having is evidence of wanting, then that means there is some part of you, conscious or unconscious, that truly wants, enjoys, and finds some level of pleasure in your current financial situation. I know, fucking crazy, fucking crazy, but can you acknowledge this is the starting point. Can you acknowledge that there may be a part of you that really likes this circumstance? If that's hard for you to acknowledge, if that's hard for you to entertain, accept, uh, then let's 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 go there together for just a second. What might be the benefit of living paycheck to paycheck? What might be the benefit of being someone who struggles financially? Well, one. Uh, assuming that you believe that your financial situation is something outside of your control, like you can't make money because X, Y, and Z, because their clients aren't coming, because the economy is shit, because uh, there's no opportunity for growth in your company, because your boss is an asshole, whatever. Assuming that you believe your financial situation is 100% outside of your control, then living paycheck to paycheck and being someone who identifies as financially, someone who struggles financially means you don't have to take responsibility for your financial situation. And if you don't have to take responsibility for, for your financial situ situation, then you don't have to get outside of your comfort zone. You don't have to do anything uncomfortable. You don't have to do anything different because none of it's your fault, right? So maybe that part of you is the part of you that's benefiting and it really likes the situation, the part of you that's resistant to taking responsibility. And as long as you maintain this quote unquote truth in your reality, then you don't have to take responsibility. Right. Maybe the part of you, maybe there's a part of you that really, really loves, um, you know, the, the, the self-righteousness that comes along with poverty, right? Like I know growing up, um, I always associated a quote unquote humble life, i.e. a broke ass, poor ass life as being, um, you know, a life of virtue and, um, a life that was to be re respected. Right. So, there's this part of me that thinks if I live beyond that, if I experience something other than poverty or other than financial struggle, then I'm not virtuous. I'm bad, right? Because I had come to associate a meager and modest life with virtue, with worthiness, with being good and having a lot of money meant that I was bad, right? So there was a part of me that really benefited from living paycheck to paycheck and struggling financially, the part of me that desired to feel virtuous and good, right? So that part of me was the part that was controlling my financial situations, the part of me that wanted to feel virtuous and good, uh, then the part of me that didn't want to take full responsibility. And so there are a number of reasons why this could be true for you. But understand that if you are living paycheck to paycheck, if you are someone who identifies as struggling financially, then having is evidence of wanting. And there is some unconscious part of you that truly wants this current situation. And the the universe is just responding to, to that desire, right? And some even go as far as to assert that you get off on it to a certain degree, right? You, you receive a certain amount of pleasure 
from this particular experience. So much so that the universe is able to pick up on that vibration and is now delivering it into your lived reality. I know it's fucking wild, but I'm telling you so much freedom comes from being able to admit and really own and witness these kinky parts of ourselves. Okay, so question number two, can you acknowledge that there may be a part of you that really likes the circumstance? Number three, and we've already kind of tiptoed into this. If so, if you get to the point where you can acknowledge, okay, there's a part of me that really fucking likes being broke, right? If you can get to that point, can you then identify in what ways this part of you is benefiting from the circumstance? right? So they don't have to take responsibility. They get to be virtuous and good. They get to X, Y, and Z. How are they actually benefiting from it? The part of you that really enjoys this uh, perceived shitty situation, why may that, Why might they enjoy it? What pleasure may they be receiving from it? And then the fourth and final question, can you sit with this part of yourself? More importantly, can you sit with it without making it mean anything about you? Can you sit with the part of you that really likes being financially broke because it means you don't have to take responsibility or get uncomfortable? Can you sit with her? Can you just allow her to exist? Can you admit that she exists? Can you indulge her just a little bit? I mean, she's already getting a shit ton of pleasure from your current lived experience. So why not receive? Why not receive the pleasure that comes along with your situation instead of denying that it's even possible? Visit with these parts of yourself. Give them the airtime that they desire and that they demand. Because I'm telling you, they're going to get it anyway. They're getting it right now, which is why you're living out situations and circumstances that you do not want You say you do not want them, but there is a part of you that does. Otherwise, you would not have them. Can you visit with those parts of yourself? Give them the attention that they so desperately need so that you then gain the agency to create something different. This is incredibly powerful work. This work has completely changed my life my business, my relationship with my body, my relationship with my husband and my children, because the moment I was able to witness, acknowledge, and allow all parts of me, I simultaneously became able to witness, acknowledge, and accept all parts of other people. I could see my husband for the simple human that he is. Right. I I could lay down my judgment of him and his decisions and how he moves through life. I I was able ultimately to witness my own innocence as a human being and the simple fact that, you know, I am here. My soul made the decision to incarnate into this body, into this lifetime, to experience the fullness that is being a human being. And that means on a soul level, we do not differentiate good or bad experiences from one another. It is all beauty because it is all the human experience. So pain is just as valid and valuable as pleasure to our soul. 
which is why you keep attracting painful situations because the soul part of you is like, yes, yes, fuck yes. <laughs> this is what it means to be a human. Right? So on a soul level, we just want to feel it all. But then the ego comes in and places morality and judgment, right? So then we begin to pass judgment on these things as being good or bad or whatever, and we resist them and we suppress them. And so they're, they're still going to come out. These parts of us are still going to manifest. And it's in our resistance and our suppression that allows them to manifest even more powerfully, right? So can we see ourselves as just these innocent beings who desire to live life fully. And when we can see ourselves as that, we then become able and capable of seeing other people as that. And that is such an incredible gift because we stop expecting people to show up a certain way in order for us to experience a certain thing, in order for us to feel a certain way. We free people in our lives of needing and being responsible for our happiness, our pleasure, our contentment. And we take full ownership and radical responsibility for it ourselves. It is absolutely incredible. So that's what I have for you today. I feel like this episode was all over the place. We talked a lot. We covered a lot of ground. Um, but I hope that this is powerful. I hope that it inspires you to think a little bit differently. Um, if you got something from this episode, if you thought it was good, if it made you think, if it challenged you, then please share it. I appreciate it so much. Please share it with a friend, uh, you know, spread the love, spread the message and, um, definitely make sure you dive into the shadow work. And if you'd like to join me either for the live or the replay of the soul sister circle, check the show notes. You can find it there. And, uh, aside from that, I'll catch you next week. Bye guys.